Hey guys, today we have a conversation with my friend who is a prosecutor out of Rockford, Illinois, and we talk about values and how that drives our decision making, both in his profession, he's also in the National Guard, also we just kind of navigate through all kinds of worldly issues and, and the things that are going on right now, so we hope you enjoy this conversation, let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. All right, guys, I am joined with my friend, Eric Bernstein, who I met via Podmatch several months ago, um, and we just connected and chatted a couple of times about basically what I'm always talking about, conservative issues, some Christian stuff, uh, court cases. Uh, Eric is a lawyer, which makes it extra exciting. He's a prosecutor in Rockford, Illinois, of all places, which is funny because my husband's from Rockford. So that's fun that we have that in common. I actually just broke down in Illinois this weekend twice in our truck. I don't even know where we were actually, but so we have that in common that uh, we both got stuck in Illinois. (laughs) And uh, he's also in the National Guard. So tell me a little bit about being a conservative in Illinois, a lawyer, and in the National Guard. Tell me a little bit about your life. How's that going? There's a lot to unpack. In terms of how my values fit into what I do, I think our conversation that we had a little bit ago and reading your book gave me some more insight into thinking about like my values. And so that really, I think that really drives I think the values drive a lot of what I do. There's definitely an ego component too. In terms of my values, the conservative thing is interesting because on the one hand, like I identify more with the Republican Party, but there's so much stuff they do that I just can't stand. I've never been able to stand. Like I think that's why I was more liberal back in the day. Although it's funny, if you look at like something like Obama in 2008, 2010, he's almost a conservative today. He wanted the wall. He was against federal federalizing gay marriage. Huh. Yeah, he was against it. Because it, if you think about it, he had they had the House, the Senate, and him in 08 through 2010. So why didn't they do it then? It doesn't make any sense. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, Bill Clinton pretty much would probably be like the most MAGA person ever. I'd have to look into some of his policies, but you, you see that there's just has been this really kind of quick shift. But trying to get back to values, I really do appreciate what service members have done for this country. It's always been something in the back of my head, like, could I do that? And for me, it's a little bit of giving back. It's a little bit of a challenge. Like, can I, can I do it? I'm in my 30s. It can be physically demanding at times. Not... I'm not going on 20 mile rock marches and then clearing buildings. I'm a lawyer, but at the same time, I'm in my mid thirties, standing around all day, it's hot. And the one thing that I really appreciate more about service members that I didn't before is people do have empathy and they love what people do for their country. They also expect you to have your stuff done in your civilian life, whether it be, whether you're personal or your work, my significant other is fantastic and she helps out. 
But at the same time, if we have a screaming baby and I come home and she's been with him all day, I should probably take the screaming baby. It doesn't yeah. matter what I was doing before. Work is the same way. So I really appreciate the service that members give. And I think really the most underrated part is the fact that they toggle, especially the ones like National Guard, you have to, that whole week before you have drill, you're really getting emails, you're getting texts, you have to know what's going on. And you're not getting paid for that. And then you have to be ready for drill. You have to leave your family, go to drill, perform at drill. And then you have to come back, slide right back into civilian life, while also following up on some things that happen from drill. And that doesn't include anything longer term, making sure you're doing your schools, preparing for any sort of longer term trainings or potential deployments. So I have the utmost respect, even more so now, for the people that, for people that serve. In terms of the lawyer thing, it really came down to, I was in college during my, my last two years were 08, 09, when the whole economy tanked. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do. My mom always said I was good at arguing. <laughs> I thought, okay. And then I was like, well, maybe there's not really homeless lawyers. I don't think there's homeless lawyers, which actually, yeah, there might be a few. I didn't realize <laughs> at the time. And so I said, I spent the year after college just floating through jobs, studying for law school, took the LSAT a couple of times, got in. And so part of that was like, I needed any a job and a career. I do, I've always been a very good read-write student. I'm very fortunate that I was good at those skills that essentially all American curriculum is tailored to. Mm-hmm. It's not a good, like if you're a kinesthetic person, you know, good with your hands, schooling doesn't really do much for you. And that's something that we really do need to continually work on. I'd rather us focus on helping different learning types than trying to get kids to memorize pronouns. That's just me. I'm just, just <laughs> humble man's so I went to law school, came out, and then I did wealth management for a while. And then while I was there, I got the itch. People would say, what do you do? I said, oh, I'm, a, I'm an attorney. So, well, what kind of law you practice? I'm like, oh, I'm in wealth management. You know, it's not really. <laughs> you already do. You do law. And that's kind of the ego part where I was like, well, screw you. So I started doing some volunteer work. And then eventually I went on a job form and I said, I don't have any experience would hire me because I had been applying to multiple places and got nothing. And multiple people said, Winnebago County, they are desperate for people. They'll take it. (laughs) Fair enough. Here I am almost two years into being in Winnebago County. And now that I'm here and I'm doing the job, I do like the public service aspect. There are dangerous, dangerous people out there. I'm in the juvenile delinquency unit right now. These kids, they might be 15, 14, something like that, but they have rap sheets and they are dangerous. They are mm-hmm. smart too. They, they're taught by older people, whether it be in a gang or not, don't talk to police. Here's how you hide things. Rockford is a super high volume, high volume is code for high crime area. And I take a lot of pride in, in trying to protect my community because it's an uphill battle. It's government. We're not always the most funded, always with a wink, right? Yeah, not always funded. So we don't have a lot of bodies. We're always in, in Winnebago pays okay, but it's not the greatest. So a lot of times we'll lose people to neighboring counties that might pay more. We're, I essentially have a courtroom with one other person. If he's sick, I'm in court all day. So that means I got to get there. I got to handle all my other stuff first. Then I'm in court all day or all morning. Then I get a little break. Then I'm back in all afternoon and vice versa. If I'm gone, he's just got to pick up my stuff and hope I did it. 
So, and, and that's kind of a thing I've learned too, is like the people that work here really want to work here because it's such an uphill battle. You are constantly missing things. You're scrambling at the last minute. Like I have a trial this afternoon. I am almost ready. Like I'm not quite there. I need, I need something printed still that I don't have. I need to label something and then I have to just double check everything. So that, but the service component is big because you're not making a ton of money. You really do have to care. And there are some people that I work with that are absolutely fantastic. I mean, they just love what they do. They're obsessed with it. They will always sub in to help people. Like it's a great team aspect. I work with a lot of detectives a lot of law enforcement and that's given me a lot of insight into their job super dangerous super. and the, sure. but here's here's the thing some of these guys and it's mostly guys i deal with they are thrill seekers and they love it. so they'll show like one guy showed me a video he's like hey you want to see how we caught this uh how we busted this guy with like you know 20 kilos of like cartel whatever and i'm like yeah <laughs> yes i do this is like <laughs> six in the morning in the gym so it just, you know, pulls out the phone. You're just like, all of a sudden it's like this car goes off. They ram it, you know, guns out. He's just like, yeah, it's cool, right? And I'm like, what? I would never do that. Like, that's not, I'm in the courtroom. Like, there's a reason, you know? <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, it's not, I would not want to be. We literally, as we were driving through St. Louis, Missouri, I saw a cop pulling over a car. There was like three cops in a car and it seemed like a situation. And I was just thinking, this is the worst time on earth to be a cop in my heart, in my head. Like I would just not want to be dealing with that because it feels like there's been a shift and you can speak to this maybe where the criminals are more protected than the cops where the criminals have kind of the upper hand or maybe yeah, that's just my perception. What would you say to that? The news is misleading on both sides. Okay. And I think that the right actually does a little bit of a disservice because they're, they are trying to get us hyper-focused on stuff. I get sucked in all the time and I'm in it. I, I, so on the, I think the biggest issue is that it's just, there's so much bureaucracy. And mm -hmm. I see it at the county level where if you just let people go and do their jobs, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some issues occasionally. But you gotta let these, you know, you gotta unleash these guys. Yes, police brutality is not okay. And most of the officers I know, a lot of the reason I know a lot of them is because I trained jujitsu with them. And the, you know, I think a lot of the reason they train jujitsu is because they want to be better at their jobs. Sure. They, these guys, you need to let them do their job. Some of these people are awful people. These are not. These are not like oh, what they're. I mean, yeah, were they raised in a bad home? Probably. But like, they will kidnap you, they will rape you, and they will murder you. So, and we should not be letting them out on bail. And one of the issues I see, and this is a frustration I have sometimes, is, and I want to make sure I word this lawyerly, but I see issues more, and this is mostly Cook County, it's some of the judges, not the prosecutors, not, it's not that the judges are kind of the bail amounts are pretty low. Like Cook County is a perfect example. Everyone wants to rag on Kim Fox, deservedly so. Go, I think it's like CW Chicago, it's like Twitter account. Go watch what they say for bail. A lot of these guys, and you'll see, you've seen this across the country. It's, it's a judge issue. Judges don't get ragged on for whatever reason, but it's a judge issue. Now, luckily, I really like the judges we have in Winnebago County. I don't agree with everything and everyone there. That's fine. They don't probably agree with me and my my bond ass. But if you look at Cook County and some of these more liberal counties, 
that's one of the biggest issues. They don't hold these people on bond. And, and Illinois actually did some new law that's kicking in next year. I haven't read through it all, but essentially it's either going to be no bond, no cash bond anymore. And so that's going to present some interesting dilemmas because you're going to have to articulate certain standards to get people held, whereas before it was more judicial discretion, which I think you need, because as much as I'm saying some of these judges will just do stuff, you the good ones get it. They've seen, they know these people. Some of these people have been in the system for 20 years. They're like 35 years old. These judges had them in juvenile court. These judges now have them in felony court. They know. They read the reports. They're thorough. So in a lot of these liberal areas, like I would not live, I mean, I'm kind of in a bluish area right now, but I would not live in Chicago. I would not live in San Francisco. I would not live any of those places because they just let these people go and then they commit multiple crimes. I've seen it where, you know, with our with our juveniles, they'll get out eventually. We can help people in detention, but they'll get out, immediately steals a car, immediately crashes the car, or steals a car, shoots from a car, crashes the car. I mean, and this happens all across the country. So if I was listening to this, I would get out. You have to find a way to get out of those areas. They're not safe. You can walk around, you can have a wonderful couple years or whatever, but at the end of the day, the systems that they have in place will catch up with people and it just might catch up with you at the wrong time. So these are the liberal cities. I actually met a police officer up when I was in Nashville after a new kids on the block concert, went out to Broadway. Oh, that's sweet. And, okay. you know, Reliving your lawyer days. <laughs> came across this bachelor party. You'll be surprised to know there was a bachelor party or two in Nashville. And this guy, this group of guys was from New York and they were older. And so, of course, I'm older and my girlfriends are older and they started talking to us because we're all old. And uh, he was a cop in New York City. And we were kind of talking about this exact same thing where he said, I mean, he's my size, just a small man. He's not like a big buff, intimidating dude. He's like just a regular size guy. And he is talking about how he arrests someone on Thursday and he sees them on Sunday. Like they're immediately out the same criminal. And now his authority is undermined. They know he doesn't have any, anything on them because they're going to get right back out. So it's, he, he's recognized in the last just two years, how much his job, I was like, you've got to get out. Like at the end of the conversation, I'm like, here's the deal, but like, not just like stop being a cop, but like get out. And he's from New York, like the big accent, the whole thing. And he's like, I don't even recognize this city anymore. It's in, in a very short amount of time, it has shifted so dramatically. And we were just talking about that. So I'd love to know your thoughts because Illinois is up there. It's like a sleeper California. Like I, you know, we all know that California is cuckoo in their policies and doing all these crazy things, but then you keep, or I keep hearing about Illinois doing some of the similar crazy radical things. Do you say that that's like a recent development? Has it always been that way? Are you experiencing that? What are your thoughts on that? It is very county dependent. Okay. You really do need to live in a, so for example, my boss is, I mean, he sets the values. And I think that it's important that he, the mentality of the, of the we're going to seek justice. Like we don't prosecute case. Like I don't prosecute a case if I don't think I have it. I'll do my best to see if I have it. But ultimately at the end of the day, if I don't have it, like it's not there. And I've dropped, I have dropped cases before where I've been like kind of hemming and hawing. And I'm like, you know what? My gut tells me something's off here. Maybe this did happen. 
but I don't have it. And unfortunately I, I need to drop it because at the end of the day, I would rather, I would rather be wrong and let someone go than I, I guess I'd rather be wrong than I let someone go than be wrong than I force someone to stay in custody. That's generally the premise, innocent till proven guilty, right? Yeah, yeah. And in terms of Illinois, yeah, we are kind of the first cousin of California. It's really been a slide down over the last 10 or 15 years. I didn't really get in, I didn't really get into politics so much until like 17, 18, just because I just was kind of preoccupied with other stuff. It does seem like it is just kind of headed in this kind of downward slope because you don't have a balanced budget and the woke stuff isn't just big cities it's the outskirts now and a lot of people will want when you really think about like i think the issue with some of this woke stuff it's it's the like i'd call it the mid-30s to mid-50s liberal woman they are they're terrible and they support all of it and it's like, I mean, they will they will bend over backwards to do the, put the flag in the bio and, you know, post the stuff. And it's like, lady, you have no idea the consequences of your actions. Like this state has major, major issues. And meanwhile, you're talking about like supporting Ukraine. Ukraine has literal Nazi, has a literal Nazi brigade that was shooting at, like the United States has innocent blood on our hands from this Ukraine thing. Illinois has issues. There's really good people here. And I think Illinois' biggest problem is their GOP has just been so bad for so long. Like I, I remember like it was like 18, I, I started getting involved and I would go meet these people. And I was like, what the hell is this? I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in. Like Liz Cheney was like the guest speaker for some mm-hmm. event I was at on Zoom. This is like 2019. I was like, oh, Liz Cheney. I'm like, and I was so naive. I'm like, oh, I wonder if she's related to Dick Cheney. Then I'm like, oh yeah, she loves waterboarding. Never mind. <laughs> that's that's Illinois. Like Illinois is like we're we follow California, and then we're like 10 years behind even the loser GOP standards. So it's it's just uphill so many ways. And and I, I have nothing against mid 30s and mid 50s women, except the liberal ones, like all the value, the virtue signaling, and all that stuff. It's just it's awful and it's just everywhere and you can't like i got um and i don't know if she's liberal or not but like i was posting margie taylor green posted something about ssris and like the medication of america and so i posted my story and i get this big message from my friend who's a nurse and she's like you're not a doctor all this stuff and i was like experts blew it we we were actually let me phrase that we now know that most of these people are frauds we know, yeah. I think COVID in general, I don't believe in anything anymore. And that's when the issue is like, we have a governor, uh, Governor Pritzker, and I got, he's my boss of the guard, so you gotta be careful with this, but he always says, believe science. And I'm like, science isn't to be believed, it's a process. Yeah. And in fact, it's filtering out as much as you can to get to the truth. That's the, that's the scientific method. So, you know, when you see someone with like a believe science sign at their house, I'm just like, ugh, really? Right. Have you noticed that a lot of this has come from COVID or you mentioned 10 to 15 years. So this has been, and I could say that's true for the GOP. I mean, Mitt Romney, come on, John McCain, come on. You know, like these, these candidates we put up against Obama were never meant to win. They were not strong. They were 
Well, at bet. I mean, like Mitt Romney, I can't remember the last time he's voted with the GOP on on anything in the yeah. Senate. He's like your so classic turncoat, you know. Um, bipartisan solutions with Mitt Romney. Hey, Dems, what do you want to do? Okay, I can sign up for that. No, it's exactly. bipartisan. Yeah, I, I think that the GOP has been valueless to return to that for years and years, but I think there's definitely been a strong pivot in both the good and bad direction in since COVID. I think it's uh, it's awakened a lot of the true conservatives. It's made a lot of middle people more conservative. Um, I think there's probably a lot of middle people that have gone more liberal also. There's always that, but sure. I think it's polarized everything, you know, but it's also yeah. exposed a ton and engaged oh. a lot more people. So I think there's good and bad there, but there's definitely been like a rapid material materialization of things in the last couple of years for sure because I don't remember Illinois being like you know as as close in lockstep with California before COVID I don't know that we were I think you made a point that everything is kind of sped up like time is almost sped up like the last two years it would have been like almost feel like five or ten in sort of any yeah. sort of normal situation i'm not exactly sure why that is well i just think it's like the that's god's blessing in it is he's used it to shine light in dark places that you mentioned bureaucracy there's been a ton of that schooling. for a long time it's like schooling absolutely schooling is schooling's a big thing in illinois also that's another one where i have a lot of illinois friends that they just are tripping over themselves with issues school boards woke stuff in school and like you said not just in the in the cities but in rural areas you have to be on guard now it is everywhere and they will come for your county there is nothing that there's nothing that people that don't have values will not attack that's the way it is and the problem is and you've seen this is people with values have to learn how to essentially be on the attack i'm not talking physically but you need to be, I mean, unless someone comes after you, you have to be, you have to be proactive. Now, maybe attack on the road, but you have to be proactive. On the offense. Yes. Kind of needs to start doing stuff like that. And I, it's, I think it's gonna be uncomfortable at first, but like, it's either they're going to impose their values on us or, or we step up for, for what we believe in. I mean, I've had over the last couple of months, like I've talked a little bit more, like I, I was at a, a guy's weekend and I talked about how I like Christian rock and they're like, what bands? I'm like, oh, I just kind of put it on the radio. And I think a couple of people were taken aback. I'm like, yeah, I've really been kind of working on my relationship with God since I had my child. And it was like very taboo. I mean, I remember we were walking by, uh, we were walking by some sort of like Christian store and like a couple of people made comments. And I, I, I don't know if I regret not saying anything. I kind of just let it go. But like, I, I paid attention to it. Like someone made fun of like the, the Jesus doll. And I was like, like, it was kind of like, why? You know, like, I don't really, I don't, it was interesting to like see that in person. And I, I kind of just let it slide. But it's the value thing. The more I see, the more I see people shoving their values into my face, the more I'm like, you know, I might need to get a little more assertive of mine because I would rather I want my child to have my values I don't want to work my whole life to send my college my kid to college and he comes back like some sort of like bisexual communist (laughs) 
Now, if, he, if he's bisexual, <laughs> your best case, yeah. Yeah, yeah, best case, right? We really do need to get people with our values into position to start making laws that criminalize this stuff. You should not be teaching kids, especially since our first off, you shouldn't be doing it. But second off, like it's not like our schools are setting the world on fire. These people need there needs to be a criminal act. You should not be a kindergarten teacher talking about your sexuality to your students. They don't know what that is. And then you've probably seen some of this, but I you so what happens is a kid comes home and they're like, I'm trans. And then you have these liberal, usually liberal, older women that are like, oh my gosh, my kid's trans. So they start posting about it online. They're so proud, right? Like, oh my kid come out, came out, right? Let's get the dopamine hits. And then you get these activists that are like, like the parents will have questions and the, the activists are like, oh, you can't question that. Like, no, that's like, you have to leave them alone. Like, you know, you should let them do this. And like, got, like so they kind of like, these parents get in this weird spot where they're like, something weird's going on. But then if yeah. they push back, all of a sudden they're a transphobe. Like you see some of those protesters for some of this, like some of this stuff, you look at them and you're like, I feel bad for these people. Like, I don't know what they do, but they look horrible. They're just, right. they look terrible. Well, it's, like, it's like this, you know, you go through, if you are not a traditionally attractive person, and again, we can have a whole podcast about what is traditionally attractive, you know, but like you're talking about the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're meant to take care of it. We're not meant to just like let it go and, you know, present ourselves. however. We're supposed to take care and respect in the way that we look and feel that changes the way that we feel, changes our health. It changes our chemical balance in our head. Yes. All of yes. those things. But if you're somebody who's not traditionally attractive, I hate to use that word, and you're not finding a mate, well, then you're angry. And then you're like, well, now I found this whole other group of people that will accept yes. me of, of, and I guess I could, you know, I, maybe I'm a boy then if I'm not traditionally attractive as a female. I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that we push on. I do want to push back on something you said, and I'm wrestling this out because, you know, I'm like, I call myself a conservatarian because I do have like my libertarian anchor that I want to hold on to, although I'm recognizing that libertarianism only works when the other side is respectful of your desire yeah. to do your own, like, it's kind of falling apart right now. I understand that, but, um, the whole make more laws, like conservatives making more laws, like Ron DeSantis is a great example. <clears throat> I respect and love what he's doing, but I'm also like, uh, I hate more laws. Like, I think that's part of the problem is like, we have too many laws as it is. We need less government, less intervention, you know, now, and of course I've already made this choice, but if I don't agree with the way that teachers are teaching and I don't, and if I don't agree with sending my child to a public school, which is essentially a government school with government values, not my values, which I don't feel comfortable in that, then I choose to homeschool instead of forcing my values legally on them. You know what I'm saying? I would yeah. just prefer to conserve my values in a different way, which is conservatism. But yeah. I, I do push back on that because, yeah, I agree with you. And I wonder if we will still be able to just be conservatives or if we will have to be more on the aggressive side and make those laws still, we might discover this all too late because it might be too, um, <laughs> it might be too, too far gone by the time we get that sorted out. Well, look at, look at what they're doing with, with gay marriage. I personally, like in my value system, like I actually, I'm okay with gay marriage. I don't want it federally codified. 
Yeah. I don't want, and I haven't read Obergefell or whatever it is in a while, but I was told that's judicial overreach too. If my state wants to do it, I'm fine. Having being in, I've been in so many relationships. I'm just engaged now. It's hard. And although it's not in the Bible, I, I think that in my heart of hearts, like I understand it. I respect it. Like I really do. I'm, I'm okay with that, but I don't want the federal government doing it. Let each yeah. state make their decision. If people in Oklahoma, for example, don't want gay marriage, then there's no gay marriage in Oklahoma. If people in Illinois want it, which they will, then make it then make it legal. I have no problem with that. I've met, again, I've met wonderful gay couples. I have nothing against that. I would right. support that in my state. I don't want my federal government doing it. And I don't yeah. want the Supreme Court. So getting to the, uh, what was this? I can't remember the exact, what the abortion decision. What was it? Well, it's overturning Roe v. Wade. Obviously, I can't remember Dobbs. No, Dobbs. So Dobbs, yeah. the interesting language in Dobbs is that to me was if you say something's a constitutional right, there's like a, a, a three, I think it's a three-pronged test, excuse me. And one of the tests is the history. And if you look through the history of the United States, it's a very conservative history around abortion. And even if you go back to England in the 1600s, they would say that if you, it was called a quickening. So if like when, a, when you felt a baby move, like if you did something when a baby was starting to move, like a quickening, like if you poisoned it or hurt the mom, you would go to jail. So abortion in the United States, even going back to England, had no, almost no historical basis for being legal, like just legal, legal, legal. And, and so that was interesting hearing that because I never really, so essentially what happened in, with Roe v. Wade is a liberal court just made up stuff and they used whatever they had to support that. Now, some of it was 70s science. We have way better science now. We have ultrasounds. But generally speaking, they just made it up. Yeah. They just made it up. And now we have a Supreme Court that's like, actually, no, that's not a constitutional right. And this is why here, here, and here. So I fully support Roe v. Wade being overturned. Absolutely. And now, so my value judgment now is with abortion. I generally speaking, I'm against it, but I I struggle with, and this is where I disagree with you, is like, I don't think I can look a woman in the face who's been sexually assaulted or raped and say like, nah, you actually, I do, I respect your position on that, where, you you know, God is, God works in mysterious ways, but I, I personally don't think I can get that. But that, to me, then I go, okay, so maybe we need to, we need to figure out a way to do that. We don't just make it weak, like, and that's the issue I think that pushed people to want Roe v. Wade overturned is people, generally speaking, like I know a lot of people that would be like, yeah, like first trimester, like I don't really know, but after that I'm uncomfortable. And I think that's, I think the polling shows that. Yeah. It's just some of these other states where, and I think Illinois, unfortunately, is one of them where they're just almost like, yeah, like second trimester, like, okay, like third trimester, like, well, do, you know, let's figure out when. And I, I, I might be overspeaking with Illinois, I'm not specific, but I think that's what set people over is they're like, go look at this thing. This is a, this baby's like, and I, and I read something, I'm reading about abortion is really horrific. Anyone who's ever looked at pictures or seen anything, I mean, you yeah. almost can't eat for days. It's horrific. I mean, it's barbaric. It's horrific. It's awful. And I saw, I read something that was like, even at like 14 or 15 weeks, they said uh, a fetus will like fight, try to fight off abortion instruments. Yep. It's like their instinct. So for me, you know, again, like we differ on, on that specific kind of thing, but generally speaking, like I'm very pro-life. And I think a lot of people now, when they really look into it are pro-life. My favorite part about the decision was like people on the left immediately, and I had a friend that did this. He's like, we got to pack the courts. 
It's like, oh, you're a bunch of children. You lost. You got to take your ball and go home. It's like, and that's the thing. And this is what I what I said earlier. Why I'm gonna you know push back against your pushback is like, this is what they do. This yeah. is what that side does. And as much as I don't, I think there's a way to still have limited government, but you need to narrowly support how Supreme Court talks, narrowly tailor it to really laser focus on these certain issues. The left is right. a whack-a-mole though. They're always evolving in terms of the wild things that they want to talk about, right? A man isn't a woman, but there's women or men and women are similar, but there's women's rights, but what's a woman? I mean, it's all yeah. nonsense. Oh yeah. You can't. And that's the biggest issue for me as a lawyer is I'm like, I was trial this afternoon. I have to lay out fact after fact after fact of logical reasoning and convert and, and testimony and evidence to get to literally just like this simple, simple conclusion. And it has taken me weeks to get there. And just to get to like this simple, logical conclusion about someone having something. Yeah. But when I hear people go, Oh, men and women, it's just like interchangeable. You just cut off your stuff and you're a guy. But like, we need to protect women's rights. I'm like, yeah. I'm not listening to any of this. Like, mm -hmm. I, but that's part of my training. I, I, I try to break things down logically. And I'm like, that's not like the way you're talking is nuts. And when you present people like that, you're a bigot. And it's like, well, that's even. I think we can come to agreement on, which we're obviously not too far from agreeing on everything, but yeah that if we just stripped back and went back to the constitution as it is, our founders were really quite wise in the way that they structured our country. And to your point, the, the federal government are given these specific things and we are given specific protections as individuals from said government and anything not specifically noted to be given to the federal government is given to the states, period, end of story. Then if yes. you are a, you know, if you want to make a million laws in your state, that's yeah. fine. That's where I'm like, yeah. that's why I'm like, Ron DeSantis, if you want to make Florida, you know, however you want to make it down there, that's great. And if the people, you know, you have the choice and free will to then move to Illinois, if you prefer the way that Illinois is doing it or what have you. So <laughs> I think that I could get on board with states making those sorts of laws yes. absolutely yeah. but we're putting all this pressure on congress which is just an absolute broken i i mean golly yeah. i'm like yeah. when have you done anything reasonably good yet like yeah i'm so disappointed with congress. i mean congress is voting on a game on gay marriage in 2022 first right. off that decision hasn't been overturned second off really you need nothing else to do. You guys aren't, there's no inflation issues going on. Okay. We, you know, like you don't have time to send another billion to Ukraine. Like really can't do that. So I have a question, actually a law question. I know you got to wrap it up here. Now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned by the Supreme court, because my understanding of, of our branches of government is Congress makes, makes the law. And then the the judicial branch decides whether or not that law is constitutional. So once there's a law in place from Congress, can the Supreme Court overturn a law that's been made? So let's, the reason why I'm asking this is they're gonna wanna codify Roe v. Wade. No. Gonna, they can't. Nope, they don't have the votes. But they're gonna try it. We're, it's not the end of it. You don't think don't that have, we'll no? They won't. I guarantee they won't do it. They don't have. They don't have the votes. They don't have the polling. They would have done it. That's now, one of the biggest that you want to red pill someone really fast. Someone who's all upset about it. Go. Why hasn't Congress acted on it? Why are they doing this gay marriage thing? 
I thought Roe v. Wade's the biggest priority. They don't have the votes. And if you look at the polling, there's no way. They would shoot themselves in the foot so hard. Because actually one of the things that people don't realize is we're white people, right? We kind of have like, I mean, there's a whitish bubble, let's be honest. There's different <laughs> white bubbles, but there's a white bubble. Latinos, uh-uh, they yeah. are not. And here's the other one. This is the big one that no one talks about. African-American, not really. Not for first trimester. Because a lot of those communities are very religious. They're not yeah. for it. And that's one of the things where if you actually ask someone, go, why don't they make it a law? You have you have the Senate, you have the House, you have the president. They yeah. can't give you a good answer. And the answer is because their their base actually doesn't want it, but they can't say that out loud. Right. So and actually and part of that is I actually don't, I think because the Supreme Court, generally speaking, review has to have the case like sent to them. I don't know how that works with federal. I have to be honest. I state, I think they have to like, it's like something like certiorari. I I am a humble county servant. I actually don't remember how that works. But I think if you did Google it really quick, you could probably find yeah. an answer. I would assume yes, because they are kind of the final interpretation of that law. Like, I don't know that it would make sense that Congress could do something above the constitution. That to me, right. something seems off there. Yeah, but maybe I the Republicans in 2022 can overturn this uh, gay, you know, gay marriage thing and send it back to the states because a lot of these issues should be, like you said, determined by the states. Federal government doesn't need to be involved. It's a reflection of those people's values. I mean, coming back to values again, right? That's like how you're able. You're it, this is a representative government representing the people and their values and what they want in their area right that's that's how this thing shakes out most fairly and quite frankly i don't understand why someone in new york city would give two you know bad words about what we're doing here in tennessee like what do you care if we're allowing it or not allowing it here like you do you and if somebody is really really wants to get 10 abortions like they can move there and have their abortions and by the way in new york you can i believe if it's not already law they were fixing to make it law, ha, uh, have your, I don't, it's, it's like a continuation of abortion up to 28 days post birth. You cannot be persecuted as a mother if your child dies under any circumstances, because it could be still related to per pregnancy trauma, it could be post-traumatic stress, could be blah, 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 blah. Mm, I gotta this, read is, that. this is crazy. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I got to read that one. I didn't, I haven't heard heard that yeah it in is crazy California, but new york was the first and i think that that it that it passed i'll have to go back and check but it's definitely being proposed in both new york and california that's just if insanity you, well and conservative guys if you have that feeling you got to make sure that you find someone like you wendy because i look back on some of the women i dated and like i look back on like conversations we had and and yep. there's a couple that are fairly liberal. And I'm like, you know, I'm probably, it's pretty good that I didn't try to continue that. And maybe the reason we didn't work out is because of the mismatch in values, but. Females too, because yes, we do not, we do not, we put an overemphasis on physical attraction or feelings of love when we decide who to marry. And we put a wildly underemphasis on similar values, character, those sorts of things, you know. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Great conversation, your perspective. Appreciate it so much. Good luck on your court case. Yes, and I, I thank you for having me. It's always fun to 
see you and talk with you. I know it's just audio, so I said it, but I got to do my quick disclaimer. Everything I said, it's not the official, unofficial position of the DOD, the United States military, or my county. But uh, Wendy, I love you so much. You are so fun to talk to. And if there's anything else we can talk about, I would be happy to do that because you are very interesting. You have great perspectives and you ask wonderful questions in your book. So I appreciate it. Thanks. Hi, where can they find you? Just Eric, E-R-I-C, Vernston, V-E-R-N-S-T-E-N. I would just check on Instagram. I don't tweet very much. I got a link tree. You can check the link tree. Yeah, we'll if you want to, yeah, check the link tree out, check the posts. I do some, some light blogging here and there. And then eventually the Laugh and Learn with Burn podcast will be re-released probably in August with a focus kind of on val actually finding people talking about more values. And then I want to start interviewing some, uh, some political candidates on both spectrums to kind of get their idea on things, because I'd like to hear from some people on the left, like what, what are your values and how do those work in terms of what, like, I don't, like, what is the value system for, like, a third trimester abortion? Don't tell me it's female choice, because that kid is, like, viable. So it'd be, I really do want to get to know some of the other side. I probably am in my white conservative bubble too much, so I'm going to try to step outside. So that's a really long-winded answer to where people can find me. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be notes also. Thank you so much. Have a good rest of your day. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, today and every single day, we just praise your name. We rest in your sovereignty. We know that you are over it all that you are in control, that you see it all, and that you, more than any court, more than any judge, more than any prosecutor or defense attorney, have justice at the core of your character, and you have your eye on it, and you are the only executor of perfect justice, and we trust that, and we trust you, and it is in your son's name that we lay all this at your feet. Amen.